Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. All right, this is good. Okay, well, um, I'm excited to preach today. I got a lot of stuff up here, you guys. This is like my life. I have 15 bags everywhere I go and Yetis and water bottles and coffees. That's my podium. (laughs) Uh, And I have a prop as well. So I like props. (laughs) I realized I would have a prop for every message if I could. So you might start seeing more. Uh, I'm going to be sharing on buying oil. And, uh, you know, my message, uh, it's been impacted by different people's lives that I just have uh, listened to their sermons. I've been in their, in their environments. Uh, a few of them are Michael Koulianos, Heidi Baker, Haley Braun out in Reading. And I've just been impacted by their messages. I've been impacted by their lifestyle of just surrender to the Lord. And so there's little tidbits of the sermon. You'll hear lines of theirs. And, um, and I think that's just beautiful to see somebody and be like, oh, they're carrying something I want more of. And I'm going to pull and I'm going to show honor, even if it's through a YouTube video. <laughs> I can honor a Michael Koulianos uh, conference by watching on a video and pull some of what he's carrying into my life. And so, um, you know, last week Dan shared about The people that were with Jesus, they looked different. The world recognized them that they had been with Jesus. And when we are carrying the oil of his presence, we look like him. The world needs us to be carrying oil. And so I'm going to try to do this with one hand. So this is an old school, not super old real life, but lamp. Got this. I thought about getting a countryman mic and I just don't know. Okay. Whew, you gotta really figure this out. This fire's out of control. All right, got it? Okay, so uh, this is a lamp that is burning on this oil. Without the oil, that fire would have lasted for as long as you saw it last on my match. But this oil is what continuously sustains the lamp. And these lamps are intended to burn continuously. We are intended to burn continuously, to be a light, (laughs) to shine. We're called daughters of day, sons of light. We are called to be the light to the world. (laughs) We are called, um, we're called to let our light shine before men. And so I'm going to share with you the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, if you'll turn there. Okay, verse 1. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. 
In this season, we are talking about can we align ourselves with the ways of heaven? Can we align ourselves with the kingdom of heaven? So when I hear the kingdom of heaven is like, it's grabbing my attention. The kingdom of heaven is like these ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will be not enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered, Truly I say to you, I don't know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. It's a weighty parable. It's a heavy parable. I have been sitting with this oil message for a while, and I just keep hearing the Lord invite me to store up oil. And it's not profound, but our gospel is so beautifully simple sometimes. And I don't need to complicate it. It's very clear here. Go buy your oil. You need it. The oil, we need the oil running in us and through us. And the five virgins had already made the investment, the wise ones. They had put in the time. They had bought the oil. And they were anointed and prepared. And it takes time. And the others were not. Uh, and so there's an invitation that says, when, when life throws you a curveball, have you stored up sufficient oil to handle it? Have I stored up the oil so when I get a surprise and I don't feel able to handle it, I actually have this reserve of oil to pull on, this reserve of intimacy, of, of moments with the king. And this, this lamp, it's like our heart in the story. And we're called to have an oily heart, one that has been with the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who's dripping with oil because he's anointed. And there's really not a lot of differentiation between the two groups of women, the five with the oil and the five without, except that God said, these were wise because they stored oil, and these were foolish because they didn't. It's just not a big differentiator. He is telling us wisdom looks like buying oil. You want to know what wisdom is? 
buy oil. To carry his presence, to buy the oil, to be the prepared one is wisdom. It's his wisdom. It's not that complicated. (laughs) And so how do we buy this oil? It looks like that one-on-one time in his presence. It is that face-to-face moments with the king of all kings. Michael Culliano says, it's a slow drip of glory. A slow drip of glory. It's not bought in an instant. It's not bought in an encounter right there one time. It's actually this slow drip, this constant in your presence, at your feet, in front of your face, talking, communion, back and forth relationship, which is why it's costly. I think we can all have a moment, but can we all have this life on life with the king of all kings? And it's not through impartation. We love impartation, and I value it. (laughs) Impartation looks like, it looks like what I just said about honoring a Michael Koulianos. Like, oh, I'm going to receive the grace on your life because I'm posturing my heart to receive. And I know that you're carrying something that I want to pull on. Or... I'm going to get my healing through an impartation, through prayer, through the laying on of hands. I'm going to, there is so much, like, you know, you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet. You receive a prophet's reward. Like, that is honor through impartation. But in this story, the other five said, hey, can you share with us? And they said, no. (laughs) It's not the time in his presence with you and the king is not something you get from someone else. It is not impartable. It is not transferable. It's a slow drip of oil that costs you something. So where where am I buying my oil? How am I buying my oil? I am getting one-on-one in the secret place. I am investing the time to buy the oil. The, um, in Matthew 13, 14, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The kingdom of heaven is like, oh, this is so valuable. I'm selling all to go buy it. What, is our, what are we selling all for? It's a high cost. It's a high investment. The rewards exceedingly outweigh the cost and the investment. But there's an invitation. There's another one. In 2 Samuel 24, 24, and this is King David, he's like looking to make an offering to the Lord. And the man is offering to give him the field for free. And David says, 
I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. He, the Lord is saying, it's going to cost you. And we get to give him our yes or not. (laughs) When Mary broke the alabaster jar of oil at the feet of Jesus, it was this costly oil. I mean, I think it was a year's salary. She's breaking it at his feet. And then there's Judas saying, hmm, that really could have been used better. That money could have been used elsewhere. Our ministry to the Lord (laughs) is the highest call. It's the greatest cost, but it's also the most excellent use of our uh, oil, (laughs) of our energy. Can we lay it all at his feet? Can we pour out the oil at his feet? Will you gather oil to pour out at my feet? Church, will we be ones that are just dripping with oil? I've just been sitting with this beauty of his oil for weeks and weeks. And, And it's my heart's cry that people see us and they experience the anointing of the Father on us. Oh, she's been with Jesus. It's the only thing that works. It's the only thing that matters. We could have all the great ideas and strategies. He doesn't care. (laughs) He wants us dripping with oil. Danielle and I were in uh, Mexico, and man, we had the pleasure of listening to just these heroes in the faith, and we were listening to Heidi Baker, and we were walking through the hotel one afternoon, and she's like, I smell exhaust. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, she said, when I'm exhausting, or when, I'm, when, I, when I smell the exhaust, she felt like the Lord said, it's like the exhaust fumes of a car. And that car is out of oil. And so when we're exhausted, are we out of our oil? <laughs> Are we running on fumes when he's actually saying, no, you need to be full of the oil so you're not exhausted. When you're full with oil, you're not burning exhaust. Will you pour my oil? Will you gather it and pour it out at my feet? You know, I've been in literally hundreds of sermons. (laughs) I started like thinking last night, I was like, Oh, solid 50 a year. You had some school of ministry. That's hundreds, you know. I've been in thousands of sermons in my life. I've been in thousands of worship times. I've led home groups. I've been to house fires. I have been in small groups. The whole of my life has been marked by these. And they are so valuable and necessary. But if I look at my walk with the Lord... I am marked by moments in his presence, by the slow drip of oil, by the slow drip of glory. And I can like picture, I I was just, just reminiscing with the Lord yesterday. I was like, I remember going on that walk with you in the woods and I heard you say, hey, sit down. I'm about to tell you some things. Take out your phone, write some notes. And I sat on this rock and he just downloaded to me. 
I remember these chairs in Reading on that right side of the room that I laid in after Sean Bowles spoke, and the Lord just met me. I remember this walk I was on, and, and this <laughs> older man was walking, and I was, you know, limping and walking slow, and, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm moving slow, and his dog was all bugged by me. And he looked at me, he's like, your pace is just right. And I felt the Lord say, that's my word for you. Your pace is just right. I had these marking, marking moments. And they're not just in a sermon. And I preach. They're, they're in his glory. They're in his presence to be marked by the king in his presence. The ministry to the Lord is never wasted. <laughs> Judas had it all wrong. Don't waste your oil. Don't waste your oil. Oh, that's actually the best use of your oil, <laughs> to pour it at his feet. He is jealous for you. He's jealous for your attention. In James 4, it says, he jealously desires the spirit he put inside of us. Your attention is up for sale. Everyone wants your attention. The world and the king. There's a price tag on your attention. You give me 10 minutes on this phone, my attention has just gone in 10 directions. Wow, those are awesome new pants. I wonder if I should get those. Wow, oh, I, my oven does look that dirty. I should scrub it and clean it that way. That's a great idea. Oh my gosh, they're doing that for Christmas? Why didn't I think of that? I should plan some more special things for my family for Christmas. Oh, I feel so much shame that I didn't do anything special. We just sat around. Do you hear my attention? Like, it went everywhere. It is for sale. Your attention is for sale. What are you doing with it? Man, it is so costly. He desires it all. Like, we keep seeing the kingdom of heaven is like, sell it all and buy that field. I'm not going to give Jesus what costs me nothing. I'm going to pour out this year's worth of income on his feet. It's not a minor cost. It's a huge cost. So we can be the wise or the foolish. And those wise ones, they gathered the oil. Our oil can raise when our attention, our adoration, our affection is on the one we love. And our, our oil can decrease when my attention is scattered all over the map. You even heard me. None of those things I said were bad things. My oven does need to be cleaned. Like, it is a thing. It's not a bad thing. But it is for sale, my attention. My attention is a high price, and he really cares. <laughs> and so is my attention being drawn to the one I love or to everything else? There's a constant tending to our oil. <laughs> and it's actually 
like Brent was teaching me how to use a lamp last night because <laughs> I don't know how. You have to tend this. You have to actually keep that wick burning. You have to keep it above that threshold. And the fire won't burn on ash. So this fire is not going to burn on yesterday's ashes. It's going to burn on today's oil. So I've, uh, I have this interesting story, um, and it's just been on my mind because I've been thinking about oil. Um, and I would say it's a couple years ago, but then I realized it was at my previous house. So it was 10 years ago. <laughs> you know how time is. So uh, over 10 years ago, I heard the Lord, and he said, he said, you know that story of Elisha? And this is the story of Elisha. The widow comes to Elisha, and she says, my husband's dead. He was one of your prophets, and now our creditor is coming after my sons, and he's going to take them as indentured servants. And Elisha looks at her, and he says, well, what do you have? And she says, I only have a little bit of oil. And he said, okay, you need to go and gather all the jars Go to your neighbors, gather all the jars. You know, I picture, you know, back then, they don't have 15 of everything like we do. They have a jar for mixing, a jar for oil, a bowl. You know, like they're just, they have what they need. So this widow had to go from friend to friend. Hey, do you have a jar I can borrow? I mean, this looks kind of foolish. Hey, do you have a jar I can borrow? <laughs> do you have a jar I can borrow? So she gathers all these jars, and she closes the door, and her um, sons are with her, I believe. And, and she, she just starts pouring the oil, and the jar number one fills up, and she pours it again. Jar number two fills up. She just keeps pouring the oil into all the borrowed jars. And then she says, hey, um, give me another one. And he replied, there's not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. And, and I, I, uh, I heard the Lord 10 years ago. He was like, hey, Lauren, what would you do if I said gather the jars? And I was like, well, I can gather some jars. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I felt this as like a prophetic act. And, uh, and he and so I went around my house, <laughs> and I have plenty of jars because it's 2020. Uh, so I got all of my pots that I cook in. I got my vases, my vase, vases. <laughs> I, don't know. I got jars. I got cups. I got bowls, mixing bowls. Every horizontal surface was covered in jars. <laughs> I was embarrassed. And you know who was in my house? <laughs> My four-year-old and my two-year-old. <laughs> I mean, not even today that they are grown teenagers. I was like, oh, this looks a little silly. <laughs> and I, every time I hear this story, I think of this widow, and I think, do you think she thought, I wish I would have grabbed one more jar from Susie down the street? Oh, I could have walked that extra half a mile 
and borrowed Susie's jar, and I'd have a whole nother thing of oil. This oil did not stop flowing until the jars were not there. And as I did this prophetic intercessory act 10 years ago, I felt the Lord inviting me into a hunger. <laughs> like, hey, what if I just keep filling? What would it look like? Is it worth going upstairs and dumping the cars out of that jar? <laughs> like, getting that toy bin that has a jar? Like, is it worth that? As silly as it feels? And he's calling us to be hungry for the more. Can I be hungry to the point it looks silly? <laughs> Can I be hungry to the, with the expectation that he's going to fill and keep on filling? And, and I, I don't have like a grand resolve of that story. Like <laughs> oil didn't come out of my walls. I would have loved it. But I do feel like it was a display and an invitation of the Lord that says, will you stir up hunger? Will you stir up hunger for my oil? No matter what it costs and no matter what it looks like. And we, we have to have the oil to sustain the fire. We need the oil. And typically, you don't even see the oil. You're just seeing the fire. You know, this is this lamp that's lighting my feet, lighting my path. And we only know it because we see the fire. So there's an invitation to give him our undivided yes. It's the bigger the yes, the more needed of the oil. The bigger the yes the more we have to just pour out oil at his feet. He is the oil, and he is the fire. He is the hunger, and he is the food. And he is jealous for it all. He's jealous for it all. I, I want us to be, I want to be just one that is dripping with oil because I've been in the glory, in that slow drip of the glory, in that continuous time in his presence. And so Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.